Hi, everybody. Welcome to Frontier Faith, a podcast where it's okay not to know. It's okay not to know what you believe or why you believe it. It's okay to change what you believe or not. It's really just a place where you can have space and permission and the ability to really rethink some of the things you've believed if you need to. Um, It's just, it's, I hope it is safe for everybody who listens. A lot of us grew up in a world where it wasn't okay to ask questions, or if we did ask the questions, we got really, really bad answers from probably well-meaning people. So hopefully this podcast can be a place where you have freedom to explore wherever God might be leading you. So uh, this is going to be our last episode of 2020, and boy, what a year 2020 has been. I don't know if you've seen the commercial that Match.com did about Satan going on a date with 2020. Anyway, the whole point is like whoever came up with that ad deserves a raise because it because it is so perfect about the how much of a hellscape this year has been. So anyway, this is the last one of that tormented hellscape of a year. You're hearing this. I'm recording it before Christmas, but you'll be hearing it afterwards. And so I thought this would be a good time of year to just think about something that I'm sure you've thought about before, that I'm sure has been tied to Christmas before. It's this idea, um, I guess you could call it consumerism, although I don't necessarily mean just the idea that it's not a good idea to like buy a lot of things or be, you know, loyal to specific brands or got to have things just to have things like not that so much. I think what has been evident to me and has been really bothering me, I mean, for a long time, but uh, especially this year, maybe it's because we've all had more time to sit at home and think about things, is this idea that like, it is impossible not to, let me say that a different way. It feels like it's impossible not to support companies and corporations that do horrible things, whether it's horrible things to people or horrible things to the planet or, you know, horrible things to economies of developing nations, whatever it might be. It's kind of this realization that I've come to is that I feel like I'm held captive by some of these corporations or by this corporate culture that certainly is, you know, runs the day in America. But I mean, honestly, it's not unique to America. You've got it in Europe and Japan and I mean, the whole world, you've got it everywhere. It just looks a little different based on cultures and stuff. But I guess this is not really a new thing. Like, I think that corporations have done bad things since I mean, forever, right? I mean, unions started being a thing because of how factory owners were treating their workers and making children work in unsafe conditions and all that kind of thing. So it's not like it's new. But I think something about, and maybe it's as simple as the internet, but something about the way our society works now has made this even worse. Or maybe it's just that we know about a lot more of them because we just generally have more information than we used to. And you know, just as an example, right? Like, so it's when I was doing my Christmas shopping this year, especially this year. And of course, I'm not going to go to a mall because I hate malls. I think they're soulless places that need to go away forever. So what did I do? I did what probably almost all of us did this year is I got an Amazon wish list from the people I was buying presents for. 
and I bought them presents from Amazon, had them shipped right to their house, even had some of them gift wrapped if that was available. And, you know, bingo bongo, there I was done. It was great. I mean, my Christmas shopping was done in about 20 minutes. It's so easy. And this year, it's a lot safer. And that's great, right? And I even have a, when I have a credit card from Amazon just because it gives you lots of good points and, and stuff and it just makes sense. And then I, after I did all this, I was like, man, that was great. I did all my shopping. I'm done. It was really easy. And then I realized, wait a minute, I did all this from one of the largest companies in the world. I don't know where it ranks on the list, but a very large company that we all know is terrible. It treats its workers terribly. I mean, we've all heard the um, the horror stories about employees in the warehouses working in unsafe conditions and like not being allowed to go to the bathroom while they work to the point of like peeing in bottles on the like warehouse floor kind of stuff. Um, and by the way, this corporation is owned by the wealthiest man in the world by like orders of magnitude, the guy who could not spend all his money if he tried because he makes it too fast. And, you know, I can give you any number of other examples, you know, um, there was just this story that came out recently about how Walmart and McDonald's pay their employees um, starvation wages. And that between those two companies, they have a really, I think the highest percentage of their employees who get around, who are on Medicaid or receive um, SNAP benefits or whatever it is. And that's not a criticism of those people. But, you know, I, I looked it up because I, would, I was curious. In 2019, so last year, Walmart had a revenue of $515 billion. That's billion with a B. Now, that's not their profit. I mean, that's I don't know what their expenses were. But they brought in $500 billion that one corporation did. And that doesn't include whatever they had on hand, their assets. I like that's all too complicated for me. But whatever the profit ended up being, it was a lot of money. I mean, it was a shit ton of money that they made. And yet, one of the largest, one of probably one of the richest corporations in the world won't pay its workers enough so that they don't need government assistance. You know, this is the kind of thing. And, you know, we've all heard the horror stories about any number of them. You know how banks act. Banks do business with like terrorist organizations and hide it until they get caught. Or uh, mortgage companies. You remember 2008, you know, all that kind of stuff. There's even horror stories of like in the 80s, Bayer, the company who makes aspirin and other things, they knowingly sold uh, medication that was tainted with HIV um, in places around the world. They took them off the market in the US and Europe because they were unsafe, then decided that it was too big of an investment to just destroy the product. So they knowingly sold this medication that gave people HIV and some of them later developed AIDS in Latin America, in Japan, and I think in parts of Asia, other parts of Asia, right? Like you hear this kind of thing all the time. Now they've never admitted that they did anything wrong, but they've also paid, I was looking into it, something like $300 million in settlements to people over the years. And, you know, the point of this is not for me to rail against corporations, although I could, <laughs> I certainly could, because, hey, you know, I live in America and apparently I'm radical because I have this radical idea that people should be able to go to the doctor and not have to pay for it, which I guess makes me some kind of Bolshevik. Anyway, sidetrack. My point, though, is not to 
it's not really to rant about how bad corporations is. Corporations are. My point is that what do you do knowing all of these things and all of the things I don't know about any number of other companies? What do you do when you feel like you, even with all that knowledge, you still have to give them money? You still have some way to be held captive by them. You know, I could decide tomorrow to never buy another thing from Amazon again. I could close that credit card, you know, get a different one and never, ever buy Amazon in my life. I could take that principled stand, you know, and, you know, I understand that the amount of money I spend there is a drop, not even a drop in the bucket for their money. But at least I'd be able to say, yeah, but I'm doing everything I can. Well, the problem with that is that I was again, doing some research. And did you know that Amazon servers make up a large, large, probably majority of the servers that the internet uses to run? So Amazon Web Services controls roughly, I think it said 40 to 45% of the cloud market. So if you use Netflix, Pinterest, Slack, um, all kinds of things like that, those are using Amazon servers to run. And I didn't even know that until recently, which means that even if I had stopped using Amazon two years ago, I'd have still been giving them money, still been supporting what they do just by watching Netflix. You know, what in the world do you do? You can, you know, not buy things made by Bear, I suppose. But, you know, these corporations make a lot of drugs and you might need some of them. You know, I take your pick. You could not shop at Walmart, but you know, a lot of people shop at Walmart because if you're poor, Walmart sells things for cheaper, largely because of these terrible practices they have. And that might be your only option. They also go in a lot of areas that like, you know, you're not going to put a Whole Foods in some of these areas because nobody could afford to shop there. And by the way, guess who owns Whole Foods now? Yeah, Amazon. <laughs> so I think this is what's coming up is like, I've realized this, that Regardless of whether I want to be or not, I think that we are basically, generally speaking, held captive in some way by these giant corporations. And I don't really know what to do about that. I mean, honestly, the question is, what the hell do you do? And I wish that I could tell you, here's what I've figured out, but I I haven't. I, I don't know. Um, you know, it's complicated because... Like I said, there's all these things we don't know that whatever corporation may own other things or, you know, there are corporations that own other products that don't really say that they're made by them. So unless you're going to go through every food product you buy to see which company the, they're owned by, you know, because Nestle's done some terrible things, too, and they own and produce a lot of the food that we buy, in, at least in the U.S. And it's not like you're going to check every single product you buy at the grocery store to make sure you're not supporting them. And, you know, we cannot go to the factories that make the clothing that we buy. You know, I mean, I, I can't go to Bangladesh or, or wherever and make sure the working conditions are safe and that they're not using child labor. I mean, just the other day, we found out that Nike had been using um, forced labor from, I think it was from the Uyghur concentration camps in China because it saved them a lot of money. And so this is what I mean. I don't know. I don't know what you can do. I don't know how to fix that. I, I think it's part of our broken world, our sinful system. But I have to admit that that doesn't feel right to me either. Like on the one hand, I say, I don't know how to do anything about this. I feel held captive by it. 
On the other hand, it doesn't feel like it's enough for me to just say, well, it's a product of the sinful world. We're sinners. We do bad things. There's nothing you can do about it. Say la vie, right? That seems really terrible. And I guess it's tempting, you know, in one, on one hand to say that this is why we need to preach the gospel, you know, because if more people are Christians, this wouldn't happen or these things would get better. Except it turns out that that's never been true either. Um, you know, I was reading this book called, um, it's about evangelical history, and it's uh, very interesting. It's pretty well written. It's won some awards. It's by Frances Fitzgerald, I believe her name is. Anyway, and she talked about this, there is this point where a lot of what would become evangelical Christian people, especially the ministers who were in charge of this or that those churches, they didn't really have a plan to try and improve like working conditions in the 1800s for workers or whatever, because what their thought was, was that, well, we'll just get these people saved, right? If the factory owners know Jesus, they will treat their workers better. They'll pay them better and things will be okay. And while that happened probably once, maybe twice, I don't know, a few times, as we can see, that does not work because People can, quote, know Jesus and still treat their workers terribly. Or we're not doing such a good job of, of getting them all to, quote, know Jesus, whatever that means anyway. So, I mean, I think the temptation to just say this is why we need to preach the gospel, it's not enough. That won't work. Sorry. It just isn't enough. And I know that's a strange thing to say. I feel kind of weird saying that because, you know, given my upbringing and my training, like, it's like the first thing we want to say is, well, this is why we need Jesus. And it is, right? It's not untrue. But it's not enough to just tell people about Jesus because it doesn't, it's not changed anything for thousands of years, even though they, you know, it looked different 2000 years ago, but these problems have been around forever. So it's not enough to just do that. But I think we also have to recognize that some systems, especially large systemic things, some of these things are out of our control, at least in terms of the individual. You know, I can recognize and admit that the United States is filled with systems that are rotten with systemic racism. And Ryan, as a person, cannot change that all by himself, right? But again, that, that feels like a cop-out too. Because I think that's been what so many people, especially white people and even white Christians have said for so long of like, well, I can't change it by myself. And if we just tell people about Jesus, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't want to end there because, man, this has been a depressing <laughs> last podcast for the year. Um, I, you know, I, I don't, that's not my goal, but it's just, I'm trying to be honest and, and real here about these kinds of things that I think we struggle with, partly because it helps me to talk about it, but partly because I hope you'll struggle with it too. Um, I hope that you'll ask yourself questions about, you know, what, what about the things I buy and how I buy them and how I use them and, and how the companies act and all that kind of stuff. I hope it does make you somewhat if not very uncomfortable and like I like I am. I imagine some of you already are. It's not like I am um, some kind of luminary or revolutionary with making these kinds of realizations. So while it's not 
good enough to just tell people about Jesus. And it's not good enough to just say that I, as one person, can't change things. While that may be true, it's actually, see, that's the thing is I'm not sure it is true. One person cannot change the system by themselves. No, I, I mean, that doesn't happen. Even the the once in a lifetime figures who do are sort of like bring about some kind of, they're like a catalyst for some kind of major change, like you know, if Nate were here, like Luther, right? He was a pretty big deal in terms of the effect he had on society. I mean, still, but he didn't do it by himself either. He wasn't the only reformer, even within, if you just stay within the Lutheran Reformation, he wasn't the only one. I mean, you know, it wasn't the single person thing and it never can be. But maybe you know, we don't have to be like that. And I'm going to tell you, we don't have to be like that because we're, that's just not how things work. Most of us are not going to live lives that somebody will read about in a history book someday. And that's that's fine with me. But I just, I think we don't want that to be our goal necessarily because when we do that, I think it's what can paralyze us from taking any kind of action. And so maybe a way forward, at least a few steps forward is Admitting that, no, I can't extricate myself from all corporate culture. I can't stop buying things unless, you know, I when I was in Alaska a few years ago, I met a woman. She was giving us a tour of Denali National Park, and she told us about for how, I think for like 10 years, she and her family lived in the bush in Alaska, and they built their house. And I'm not kidding. They made their furniture out of moose bones because <laughs> they killed the moose and used the skin and the bones and the meat. And you know what? I'm never going to do that. I would die. Also, I don't want to make furniture out of moose bones. I just, that's terrible. But anyway, (laughs) sorry. What I'm trying to say is we can't all do that and we shouldn't all do that. But maybe the step forward instead is what way can I look for justice right now today? So, You know, if I'm thinking about Amazon and how they treat their workers terribly, is there something I can do to help improve conditions for workers where in my life? And maybe, I mean, we're not all managers, so we don't, most of us don't own large companies, so not necessarily that way. But like, how can you help improve the, what it means to be an employee where you are? You know, like, how can you help improve the culture where you are? And just in whatever small way you can. You know, maybe it is working for things legislatively and electing certain politicians or whatever. But as we know, that ain't going to change things either, not all by themselves. It might be helpful sometimes. But I mean, if politicians could solve it all by themselves, then we wouldn't be talking about this. But that doesn't mean you can't use them sometimes. There might be things that change, you know, like in 1965, was it when they did the anti-discrimination law? You know, whenever it was. That was a good thing that politicians did. And that is something, the kind of thing I'm talking about. So that might be a way you do it. Maybe you help someone who doesn't have a job find a job and you help them find one where, as far as you know, or you do some research and maybe that company is better to work at. Or, you know, maybe there are things you can cut out of your life. Like maybe you can't stop using Amazon, but maybe you can use it only for specific things you can't get anywhere else. Or maybe you can't stop 
um, buying anything made by Coca-Cola, who, by the way, is one of, if not the largest producer of plastic waste in the world. Maybe you can't entirely, but maybe you can, um, you know, cut back in ways that are significant to you. And maybe the point is not to do these things because maybe it's not even the idea that if we all do it, then all of a sudden Coca-Cola will stop polluting or, um, you know, whatever it is. But maybe it's just, this is doing something where I'm at. And I can't change the whole world by myself, but I can do something right now where I am. And honestly, who knows where it goes from there? Like, maybe things do improve over time. And I think that's that that's the only goal that we can have is how can we help improve things where we're at, at the time we're in with the people we have in our lives. And maybe that takes you somewhere further than that. Maybe you become, maybe you run for office yourself, or maybe you, I don't know, work on a campaign, or you do help someone find a job, or whatever it is. Like, I don't have this figured out, but maybe it's just we're thinking about this in a too large of a way, which seems like you'd have to because we're talking about global mega corporations. So it just seems like you have to think about it in terms of what do I do on that scale? Well, maybe nothing on that scale, but maybe we can all do something where we're at. And that's hard to do because it's hard to admit that we don't individually have the power to do what we may want to see in the world, at least not always. Maybe we do sometimes, but it, not always. And maybe that's the tension we have to live with. And, you know, if you've got solutions of things that you've done, like I said, I'm not expecting things where you said, and here's how I solved Walmart. Yeah, no. But maybe you've got something that you've done that's really helped you or how you um, cut back on something or whatever. If you've got suggestions, I'd love to hear them. Email us at FrontierFaithPodcast at gmail.com. And just so we can maybe share them with each other, because that might be a way that helps too. But I guess if I had to boil all of this down, it's not even that corporations are evil, although they seem to be most, most, if not all of them. But maybe the takeaway from this is we can all do something where we're at. And maybe like Nate and I have been saying a lot on this podcast Maybe we just need to slow down a bit in the sense that if we look at this on a macro scale, it's just going to discourage us, at least as individuals anyway. It's just going to discourage us and nothing's going to change. But maybe at least as individuals, if we look at this on a more micro scale, maybe that will help us find something that we can do. And who knows, maybe that will eventually lead to macro changes. I don't know. But I think while it can be frustrating, like I like I told you, I, this has been bothering me a lot, this kind of thing, and not just this Christmas, it's been for a while. But I, I think like so many other things, we look at the scope of the problem and then we decide there's nothing we can do and so we just live with it. I don't think that's unique to the United States, although I have to say it sure seems like it's we have our own unique way of having that problem come up over and over again, but that's a separate topic. So look at it smaller, maybe slow down a bit and maybe figure out what you can do where you're at. And maybe you do eventually involve some other people too. And maybe it does get larger and maybe other things happen. But 
I guess I, I just brought this up because one of the things that has helped me some is that this sounds like a silly thing to say, but honestly, all you can do is all you can do. Like, you can only do what you can do. I know that sounds almost trite, and I know that sounds kind of a cheap way out, but it's all I got. Sorry. But I don't think it's really as cheap as it might sound. At least to me, it's helped of like, okay, but what can I do today that might help somebody? And maybe, maybe that is all we need to do for now. I don't know. I don't have a prescription for you. I don't have a 10-point plan. And uh, as much as I'd love to just seize the means of production, that probably wouldn't do it either. So, yeah, I hope you'll think about that. Pray about it. Think about it. I don't know, whatever it is you do for that kind of thing. But I hope, even though I said some probably discouraging things, I hope it this doesn't leave you in a place that is uh, a place of futility or frustration. Instead, I hope it can inspire you to find ways to help or change things where you're at. And maybe that's all we can do for now. I don't know. Think about it. And like I said, if you've got other ideas or things that you've done, I'd love to hear them. So send them, uh, email them to us. And you know what? This is, like I said, the last podcast of ours that you'll hear in 2020. So Amen. God bless America. I am so glad that 2020 is over. And I don't want to say anything about I don't know how 2021 could be better or worse because I don't, I'm superstitious enough to not say either. All I can say is maybe we can look into this new year looking to make it better. How's that? Maybe we can look for ways to make it better and let the rest just kind of be what it is. So. Thanks for listening to us this year. I know for Nate and I, this podcast has been a big help and we've really enjoyed doing it. We've enjoyed getting feedback from some of you and uh, especially when it seems like maybe it's been helping some people think through some things as well. And that's great. That's really the reason we're doing this is like I said at the beginning, we want to help people have freedom and space to really examine and look at the things you've never been able to before. And maybe you were told that that wasn't okay but it's okay. Like I say sometimes, I don't know if it's a catchphrase for me, but it's okay. God's got it. God's got you. It'll be okay. Even if it's hard, even if it sucks right now, it's okay. And I think that's all I can hang on to, you know? However bad things are, God's got us. And some way, one way or another, in the crazy way that God works things out, God will work things out, even for our good. And I don't know how that works, but I'm glad it does. So Happy New Year.